me better than the last me. Uh-huh. All I can fit was spreading the truth and compassion. Uh-huh. And whenever they ask him, I be, I be, I be praising. I be, I be, I be. You just heard Praisin from the album The Intro by Denise LaShawn. Go check out Denise LaShawn's music on Spotify or any other music site. Hi, my name is Margaret, and you have ventured your way into the beautiful Collision podcast. I believe when the good and amazing, great parts of your life collide with the bad, messy, and hard parts of your life, they make you into the beautiful and amazing person that you are. On this podcast, you're going to hear stories of people from all walks of life. And my hope is that you resonate with some and embrace your own story. Hey, everybody. Welcome back and welcome to my conversation with Christiana Archiga. We talk about why she took a gap year right after her high school. We also spend a lot of time talking about identity and insecurities and how those things shape who we are today. We also then go into what it's like to grow up in a really big family, as well as her one of her favorite things, the outdoors. So camping, kayaking, etc. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. She spits a lot of truth and a lot of wisdom. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. <laughs> Welcome back to the beautiful Collision Podcast. And I'm so excited uh, for my guest today. And her name is Christiana Archiga. And I'm going to have her introduce herself, though, and give you kind of a fun fact and tell you a little bit about herself. So, hey, Christiana. Hey, so I am Christiana. I am 24 years old, and I live in Conway, Arkansas. And I was born with one arm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm glad you said that as a fun fact, because I definitely want to talk about that. But right now you're in Arkansas doing school, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Going to school to be a teacher. Okay. A teacher. Awesome. So what made you want to be a teacher? Um, well, I actually never, I've always loved kids, but never really knew that teaching was my calling. Uh And I went to Costa Rica for a year after high school and I was sitting in um, a Costa Rican family's home yeah and I was helping a little boy with his English homework and it kind of just hit me right there God laid it on my heart instantly like all right this is your calling like you're supposed to be a teacher this is this is what I want for you Uh and instantly knew that I was supposed to be an elementary school teacher and so it was just kind of like whoa like my whole life I've loved kids but I never really even thought about teaching and it's like all right, God, let's go. Let's do this. So That's awesome. Well, okay, so actually, I'm going to come back to your fun facts. So I kind of want to hear about Costa Rica. So you said that you went um, to Costa Rica right after uh, high school. So you took a gap year before college. Yes. Okay, so kind of tell us what made you decide to do that. So that was kind of just another big God thing. Um, I was graduating school and I knew that I wanted to go to college. I knew that was the next step, Uh but I just didn't feel in my heart that it was 
then that I needed to go to college. And so I prayed about it and prayed about it in all high school. I was like, I just want to read the Bible. I just want to study the Bible, like go to school to study the Bible. Yeah. And so it's probably like a month before graduation. And my dad gets a call from Mr. Dana, who he worked with. Uh And he's like, Hey, this, um, anonymous donor just called me and, um, wants to sponsor Christiana to go to a gap year program in what? Yeah. yeah, no cost to you. She was <laughs> to sponsor it completely. And this was just completely out of the blue. I mean, we had no idea about it until that phone call. And so my parents talked to me about it that day, and I made the decision, like, hey, let's go to Costa Rica. Like, I knew that something was going to happen, and I just didn't expect it to be that grand. And so um, I got to go to Costa Rica for nine months on a full-ride scholarship. Wow, um, that is so sweet. <laughs> Yes, it was so awesome. I mean, it was like all of my prayers had been answered from the time I was like little up until 18. And it was like, whoa, God, like you really outdid yourself this one. That's awesome. Okay, so what was kind of like a typical, like what did you do when you were in Costa Rica? So what was kind of like a typical day like? Like what was kind of the purpose of it? So it was biblical training in Spanish. Um, So Monday was our Sabbath day. So that was our day to rest. And then um, Tuesday through Friday, we would go to four hours of Spanish in the morning. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. It was a lot of Spanish. Um, And then we would go to lunch, have a lunch break. And then we'd go to two hours of biblical training where we learned um, apologetics, um, Episcopal. <laughs> hermeneutics. There you go. <laughs> um, and just a lot of uh, really good tools to take out in Costa Rica and kind of spread the faith, and which we were able to do on Saturday. Yeah. So Saturdays um, were our ministry days, and we were able to go out and do different ministries. My ministry was in Tirasis, and it was with a group of kid neighborhood kids, and we would just go out and play soccer with them every um, Saturday. And it was actually a Costa Rican ministry, so we would just go and help him with whatever he needed. Cool. We had an orphanage ministry. We had an ESL ministry. And so we were split up during that day. Yeah. And then on Sundays, we would go to a Spanish church in the morning, and then we planted an English church um, the year that I started in Guadalupe, in the middle of San Jose, which has now grown, and that was four years ago, so it's grown to be a full-size church now, which is really cool, right in the middle of San Jose. That is so cool. Yeah, so we just got to do that, and then we got to go on a mission trip for spring break to Nicaragua. And got to work with kids there. And so it was just a really good year to equip myself with biblical knowledge and learn the most beautiful language, Spanish. Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. What was kind of so like coming back, transitioning from back from Costa Rica to like American life, was that kind of hard for you or not really? I mean, leaving and living in a different country for nine months, it really made me appreciate what I had back home. Yeah. And it really made me just the small freedoms that we have here in the United States that we take for granted. It's yeah. just, it was definitely a culture shock to go there, but definitely a culture shock to come back. Right. And like, whoa. <laughs> so it was a good experience either way. Um, I love Costa Rica. I don't think I could have had a better destination to have gone. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so awesome. Um, 
I think, so I lived, well, I didn't do it right after um, high school, but after college, I went and lived in Uganda for essentially the same amount of time. And so I'm like totally with you on this whole, like just the experiences and the things that you um, realize that you have in America that you like take for granted, you know, and like just the, just the different things, even the conveniences that you have, you know what I mean? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> like even shampoo and conditioner. Like you can just go to the store and get like a three dollar shampoo and conditioner. You go to Costa Rica and it's like a thirty dollar trip for shampoo. <laughs> so I guess you just don't wash your hair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the That's awesome. Okay, so I now I do want to go to your fun fact. So your fun fact was that you were born without your left arm. Yes. Okay. So that is definitely different than most of the world. <laughs> um, okay, tell I mean, tell me about that. I so I mean, obviously, I mean, this sounds super obvious, but you growing up with literally one arm, um, talk, I mean, and that could be considered a huge disability to the rest of the world. Um, uh, yeah. So tell me about kind of tell me about what life like what that's been, you know? Um, cause I'm sure people listening or people that see you like, Oh, like honestly might think of that as a huge disability and probably all these inconveniences that you have, which you may or may not have, but kind of just talk about that. So when I was, um, born right when I was born, my, um, the doctors didn't let my parents see me. Oh, um, they said that there were complications. And so my mom wasn't really aware that I had come out with one arm. They thought that I was a boy. And oh, so God. I <laughs> one arm. And so it was a big shock. And so they, um, they kept me from her and then finally told her, hey, like, she's healthy. It's fine. She's just missing her arm. A casual. I was like, oh. Okay, like, all right. And it was really cool because my dad, I came two weeks early, and so my dad wasn't able to be there. He was working at Kids Across America um, as a counselor. And so my mom was a little worried to tell him, like, okay, well, I don't want this to be my fault. Like, And so she tells my dad, she calls my dad, and my dad's like, what? That's so awesome. I had a camper. He's like, I had a camper last week. His name was Ray Ray, and he had one arm, and he was doing it all. Like, this girl's going to be awesome. She's going to be able to do it all. And so that was kind of the first thing where God played, like, just kind of worked it out. Right. my dad had a camper the week before I was born with one arm, just kind of um, working with my mom's fears of telling my dad and making it easy yeah, uh, for her to tell him and easy for my dad to accept. And so that was really cool. Um, and then after I was born, I had to go to um, physical therapy to mm-hmm. kind of learn how to I was how I was going to do things because they were just like she's not going to be able to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> and so I continuously went to these doctor's appointments, these physical therapy appointments, and they would tell my mom like she's going to be behind and everything. She's yeah. not going to. You need to figure out what you're going to do for her now to help her throughout her life. And my mom's like, well, you know, I serve a big God. And yeah, <laughs> I that he did this for a reason, and so. 
I did their tests and I was surpassing all of their tests before anyone my age and eventually to the point where they were like, well, she doesn't need to come to physical therapy anymore. And the nurses come to my mom crying with big ears. She hadn't believed in God before. And she was like, you know, I don't know what God you serve, but he is a big God. Wow. same big things and so just from the very get-go you know the lord has just always been there with me and walking alongside me and like this is his plan this is his life for me not my life and so um he just made that very clear from the get-go not only to my parents but to me and so growing up my parents were they, they never made excuses for me um i was pushed to do everything that i wanted to do and right. encouraged in everything that i did do And um, just having all of my family and the support of them and um, knowing that that Christ, that I'm living for Christ, gave me confidence to do that all that I needed. Right. Um, It just gets hard. And um, when I was little, there were a lot of people who would like stare and stuff. Like in your classes and stuff? Not in my classes. No, the kids thought it was so cool. Like I would bring my arm to show and tell. Show and tell. <laughs> Wait, so you would like, like put the arm on and like take it off during show and tell? Yes. Well, I had one in kindergarten from the Shriners, and I never wore it because it was so uncomfortable. So I would just like bring it in class, and I'd be like, "Hey, this is my arm. I don't ever wear it." My but. fake arm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I got a prosthetic in sixth grade, which I wore for. Um, like 10 years up until this January. Um, when I was younger, I never really felt insecure about it. But when I was in sixth grade and was offered that new prosthetic, it kind of gave me an opportunity to hide behind the prosthetic right. and look normal. Whereas before I had the prosthetic, I just had to deal with it. You know, right. I just had to be like, okay, well, this is who I am. But then this gave me something to hide behind. Um, and I really hid behind it. And it, and it's crazy because I was so confident and secure before the arm, and then right. I get the arm became so insecure. Do you think, um, so, because you're kind of talking about, so, like, in middle school is when you got your prosthetic arm, and then that's when maybe a little bit of all these insecurities started just kind of coming into your life, like, oh, like, this is kind of what it looks like to be normal. This is kind of what it looks like to somewhat look like everybody else. Um Kind of tell me, walk me through when you started to feel like holes in that in that way of thinking. Like even though now I have this, I still feel, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, I think it was just. I I really don't know. I mean, now looking, back, right. I just I think I just got in the mindset of this is what the perfect person looks like, right? And this is what. Uh, I mean, social media wasn't big back then, yeah. but you had TV, you had magazines, yeah. and you had the perfect person. And so, and middle school is a weird age for anyone. Right. <laughs> exactly. But just instead of what I had done when I was little is had always listened to the good things that people had said and the encouragements. And when I got into sixth grade, I started ignoring all of the good that people were saying mm. and started paying more attention to all of the bad or the ugly looks or the the people that would snicker or the boys that didn't think I was cute because I had one arm. Yeah. Um, 
kind of just held that really close to I'm a very sensitive person anyway, (laughs) (laughs) which nobody knows because I always just hold it in so dear to my heart. Yeah, because I would think I would never have guessed that. I'm like, from what I know, I'm like, this girl walks with confidence, like (laughs) stretch her stuff and doesn't care about anybody. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just a little, I'm doing it because this is what Christ calls me to do. You know, I don't always feel comfortable being as confident but I know that this is what Christ is right. calling me to do and so but it definitely was hard and even up until um this last year in college it, I just consistently was worried about what other people thought mm-hmm. and I wasn't really living my life fully for Christ I was living it for other people mm-hmm. and making other people comfortable and not realizing that that's not my job to make people comfortable yeah. and just kind of had to come to that realization this December and be honest with myself and say, you know, I was ashamed that I was insecure of my arm because I was like, this is how Christ made me, you know, like I, I want, I I felt guilty for it. And so I never wanted to tell anyone. And so from sixth grade up until December 2017, I held that insecurity because everyone was like, oh, girl, you got it. Like, you can do anything. You're awesome. Like, you inspire me. But on the inside, like, I was like, man, I'm hurting. And I just had to come to the realization, like, Lord, if I am saying that I am living for you, then I need to fully live for you 110%. And this is who you've called me to be. And you made me this way for a reason. And so... Um, just being a good steward of the body that Christ has given me and just using it as a tool because not everybody gets to have one arm. And so this is he's given me, you know? Yeah, that's so so awesome. What, so you said in December is when this huge shift happened. Was it like one specific thing or was it just a moment with the Lord or was it like a community thing that helped? Like what kind of, when was the moment of this shift in your brain of like, okay, I need to get it together. <laughs> right. Well, I was actually sitting in Central Park in New York City. Shut up. I was just in New York last weekend for the first time, and I love I, Central Park. I saw that, and I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> um, but I was sitting in Central Park in New York City a year ago from, um, like, today, kind of. It was, like, July 18th. Okay. Um, and I was sitting in Central Park with my boyfriend, Chase, and... I had just been so annoyed of my arm the whole trip. It was falling off. It was sweaty. The prosthetic one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and another thing that I had had done is I wore long sleeves a lot to mm-hmm. kind of hide the arm. And so I was in New York City in the middle of July <laughs> in these long sleeves. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, girl, get yourself together. And so I sat there and I was like, Chase... Like, what do you think about me not wearing my arm anymore? Like, would that bother you? And he looked at me and he was like, what? He's like, no. He's like, don't wear your arm if you don't want to wear your arm. And I was like, oh, I guess it is that simple. (laughs) So I, like, kind of had that conversation. My head hadn't really expressed yet at that point that I was actually insecure. Right. Um, And just kind of pushed that back. Well, then um, November comes around Thanksgiving, and I'm talking to Chase again, and finally just said it. I just knew that things weren't going to change until I um, 
got it out and verbalized right. what I was feeling. And so I just said, hey, I'm insecure about my arm, which is really hard to tell him because, you know, like, that's your significant other, you yeah. know? Like, you don't want to tell him you're insecure. And so, um, and we just kind of had a conversation about that. And once it was out, it was like, wow, why was that so hard for me? Yeah, and I love... It's, yeah, I love that because I just think with anything, too, like, I just love that you said once you said it, it was like, oh, like, okay. And then you had a conversation about it, and it's like, I literally don't have to wear this anymore. This is not that big of a deal. And I think with so many women, or just people in general, we hold so much insecurities and so much, like, struggles inside. And the reason we keep struggling with them or they keep eating away at us is because we never tell anyone about them at all. Yeah. And... And it's so freeing, like, once you do. It's just right. like, once you do, I mean, it's so scary, and you think that it's going to be so hard, and, and it is in that moment, but once it's out, it's just so relieving and freeing, and it's like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. And then it's just more eye-opening to see when you're real with people, people will be real with you, and in turn, you'll find out that really there's no difference between all of us. Yeah. We're all through something we're all dealing with something and we all can be there for each other if we just open up a little bit more and so it's been really cool because through that I have been able to open up with other people and other people have talked to me about other things and so it's just been like yeah trade-off yeah it's been awesome so then I had the conversation with my family and Derek um in the kitchen in December and we kind of just all broke down and we were all in tears. And I, I think it was hard for my parents to, to see that. that I had, yeah, to hear that. And, um, but I just, I didn't want them to think that it was anything that they had. It was something that I had to deal with yeah. for myself personally and, and had to come to terms with the Lord and just realize like, this is who I am. And, and yeah. people, people can accept it or they can't, but this is who I am and I'm not going to change. And so it's just been really cool. Like through it, I, um, so I started UCA last fall. That's your, what's UCA again? University of Central Arkansas. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) So I started that last fall right? and I, I wore my arm all fall and then I come back in January and I have no arm. (laughs) People people are like, <laughs> yeah, people are just like, what is going on? So, like, the first day of class, you know, everybody has you introduce yourself, tell you where you're from, and a fun fact. And so I'm like, well, over Christmas break, got in a fight with a lion, took my arm, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> like, changed the story every time, and everybody's just like, and I had to go up to the teachers afterwards and be like, I'm just not wearing my prosthetic. I'm like, just kidding. Like, I didn't lose it in a. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, that's awesome. <laughs> That is so good. <laughs> it's just been so cool and just um, meeting people and just seeing, like, going throughout school and people coming up to me randomly mm-hmm. and just the encouragement that I get from random people. It's just been really awesome and eye-opening, and um, it's allowed me to meet other families with kids who have missing limbs um, right. or um, – any kind of disability and they've been able to reach out to me and just ask for advice or right. um, just comfort, you know, encouragement, knowing that, okay, I, I have this baby who has this disability, but she can do anything that she wants. Right. Like all other people. And so it's just been really awesome to just the connection that I've been able to make with people from all around the world. Yeah. I never would 
imagined. Yeah, I mean, that's such a crazy platform that, like, you now have just because of that. We probably didn't think about that when you were, like, 12. And you actually did, I follow you on Instagram, so you actually did the um, Limb Awareness Month in April. And just, like, posting, for those of you listening, like, she posted videos about just like the different tasks that maybe people would assume you couldn't do and that you've like learned to do with one arm like the braiding hair one was I was like oh my gosh people you should follow her and watch that but I mean I think that's really cool because I'm sure there's a lot of people especially people that may like lose limbs or like later in life you know what I mean they probably feel sometimes like what else like what can I do like I've I've now lost this ability or this um, capability and probably don't know maybe how to function as well. And so I feel like you can just, you're really an inspiration for people like that, you know? Yeah, thank you. Oh, you totally are. Um, so I kind of also want to, you talked about identity a lot and I kind of st- want to keep going into that when it comes to um, you and your family. So for those people listening, Christiana has six siblings, <laughs> six, and she is the oldest of six. And so I kind of want to hear about, first of all, like the fun things, like what is it like growing up with six siblings? Like what are kind of the fun and joys of that? Well, the best part is anytime you go to any awkward like um, family gathering or just like any (laughs) kind of gathering, you always have a best friend there with you. you And like in our case, you always have five. So you have your own little group and you don't have to worry about anything else because you have your group right there. Um, And it's just fun to have each other's backs and to just be there to encourage each other. Mm -hmm. We're all at in different stages of our lives. And so we're able to kind of lift each other up Mm -hmm. when another person is in another stage. Um, And it's just fun. I mean, we're really close knit family and it's just awesome to be able to have a relationship with your brothers and sisters where you get excited to come home and be with them. And um, we definitely um, argue. I mean, I believe it. (laughs) Um, but it's just fun having a big family. It's yeah. What is it um, like being the, so you're the oldest though. So do you, have you ever, I mean, I'm sure you have in your whole, you know, life so far, have ever felt pressure being the oldest of all your siblings? Um, yeah, like all the time. (laughs) Um, They, so all of them, even my brothers come to me all the time with, either advice or things that they're dealing with right on um, stuff that they're going through and they always look to me for um answers and a lot of times I'm just like lord <laughs> I don't know how I have these I'm answers. only <laughs> <laughs> right, like I'm I'm literally like two years older than this <laughs> but it's really cool to see like the lord strengthen our relationships through that and then yeah. the lord um, use me as a vessel for whatever he needs. Um, and I've been praying, I pray about that a lot is that the Lord speaks through me, um, when I'm speaking to my family about personal issues like that. And Mm -hmm. it's been really cool. Um, this last year we went through a lot and just, I mean, my main prayer was Lord, just use me, use me, use me. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. Mm but this needs to be said. And so how do I say it? And it's just so awesome to watch him work through me. And and just like in Matthew 16 or in Matthew 
15, 16 through 20, it says, Do not be afraid when they call you before civil authorities, for without knowing it, they are giving you a platform to speak. And don't be afraid of what you'll say or how you'll say it, for the Holy Spirit will provide the words. Yeah. And it's so true, like, in that moment, like, just trusting in the Lord and and um, and honoring the fact that He's going to use you and, and in turn, teach me something. And so it's all it's been a teaching moment for me mm-hmm. tremendously, but I can't say that it has it has been me. It's definitely been the Lord, um, right? And and that's how I handle the pressure because yeah, it, <laughs> it must be a lot. Have you ever struggled? I mean. I, so I, and maybe your personality is way different than mine, but I can imagine, like, obviously the beauty's in that, but maybe how even with so many people in a family, like, you feel like either your voice isn't heard or, like, trying to, being the oldest, having so much press, pressure should not, like, feeling like, I don't know, you can't make mistakes or, like, you, like, you're trying to find out who you are could be hard. Was that ever hard for you at all or... Um, I don't think that it was ever hard for me, but I think that it was the the part that was hard for me was feeling like I had to make everything right for people, right for for them, and and the feeling that that if they were upset, that I I carried the weight of the world on my shoulders, and yeah. especially when it comes to family, and so it was just not being able to do enough was my biggest struggle, and then having to sit back and allow God to do what he needed to do is my biggest struggle. But I think that I found my identity pretty young or pretty early along the way, pretty yeah. early, just because of my arm. Yeah. I had to find that identity um, mm-hmm. and luckily found it in Christ. Yeah. But I don't think I ever really struggled with my family, but I think that's kind of because I did my own thing. <laughs> Like I was like my own person. I was Miss Independent. Like <laughs> I'm um. just being me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I mean, and I've obviously I met your family. I know your family very well, and so I mean, I think y'all like from the outside in. Like I see how close you are, and I think how how y'all love each other despite anything. Like it's such a testament of the person that you've mo- been molded into. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I just love that. <laughs> What's the craziest thing that's ever happened on a family trip? Oh, gosh. Or the funniest. Oh, gosh. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are so many. I don't know. One time, though, we were driving, and um, in the same car ride, I, this is <laughs> – I had rolled up a piece of gum – like a piece of wrapper from the gum and I had stuck it in Kaylee's nose and it got picked far up. And in that same moment, Jacob had swallowed a dime and a nickel. And so he's like trying to throw up this, this money and Kaylee's like trying to get this thing out. And I'm just like, this is our life. This is what happens when you put six kids in a car for eight hours. And you try to figure out what to do. Yeah, it was like, so, I mean, in little incidents like that all growing up, we um, could never, like, afford to go to Disney World or anything, so our trips were always, like, to go see family, like, in Houston or um, in Minnesota, and so we spent a lot of time in the car, and there's plenty of stories. Yeah. (laughs) Luckily, we got old enough, Mom started giving us Dramamine, so she's like, let's go to... (laughs) (laughs) Just sleep. 
that's awesome. That's good to know. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Oh, that and that's awesome. I mean, I I like again watching your family from afar. It just seems like a place of nourishment and like love, despite like me like the hard things you might be going through. But I just love that um, a lot of that. I mean, you really do kind of preach or speak a lot about. Um, identity and like finding that and finding that in Christ for you um because I mean people are we're always trying to find our identities in something and um a lot of people are looking for them in other places and so to just to through your story you can really see and hear that like if it really wasn't for seeking it in Christ like you don't know I mean who knows where you'll be and so you know what I mean and so it's just I, I love that that's kind of a huge part of your story and like who you are and how that just like really changed you. Oh. <laughs> uh, no problem. Um, but another thing, switching gears a little bit, you are a complete lover of the outdoors, which is like way opposite of me. So I'll hail you. <laughs> um, and you were always doing the most fun things. Um, so what, like what has sparked that? Well, okay. For me to understand this like love for the outdoors what's some maybe some of the coolest things you've done or places you've gone um okay well so oh, outdoors well growing up at kids across america i was outdoors all summer mm-hmm. all the time um and i have always so my dad would always take us on the lake and i always just loved being on the water it's just so, a time to think it's peaceful mm-hmm. you have no, no distractions it's just a nice little getaway yeah. in your back because kids across America. Yeah. Um, and so I grew up, well, I... Um, and hold on, I'm going to pause you real quick. So just to those listening, Christiana, Kids Across America is a camp, for those of you yeah. who don't know that. And her parents were directors, so she grew up, like, on campgrounds, basically, essentially, kind of. Yeah, okay. and campgrounds is, like, outside. They have, like, everything you need to do outside. <laughs> okay. yes. Um, but I... I don't really know when it started. So I'm from Branson, Missouri. Um, there's not much to do in Branson other than hike. <laughs> so I kind of got into hiking um, first. And I just, for me, hiking is a time for me to just go and it's a time to get away. I have no Wi-Fi connection. I have no um, cell service. And it's just me and the Lord in the outdoors. And, yeah. Um, it's just so rejuvenating. I, I don't know how to explain it. It it, it makes me just feel <laughs> so good because you're out there. You 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 get to see what God created, mm-hmm. and you get to really just bask in it and like just see His wonder and how amazing He is. And to think that like He allows us to um, live in such a beautiful place mm-hmm. as Branson or Arkansas or even Texas, and just. Um, I don't know. I just think it's really cool. It's yeah. a great time to connect with the Lord, and I have no distractions. Yeah. Um, then, of course, um, my boyfriend is the manager of a kayak shop. And oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, so we're able to take out any of the kayaks that we want on the water. And so, of course, we take full advantage of that. Yeah. And so we go kayaking a lot, which is another time to just get away on the water. Um, and 
we usually go on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We'll go on camping trips. Um, go to Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri. Yeah. Um, we're on that college budget right now. So <laughs> yes, college budget. I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Arkansas is just as beautiful as any other place. I mean, the coolest places that I've been are Costa Rica. Yeah. But, Do you have any, um, like, dream places that you would love to, like, like, if you had all the monies and you could go there in your lifetime, like, would love to go hiking out or camping out or just, like, dream? Yes, I would love to go um, either to the East Coast or West Coast. Yeah. All of those states. And I would love to go to, um, I think this is one of everybody's favorite, Greece. Oh. <laughs> oh, me and my roommate talk about that all the time. <laughs> like, I need to go. I need to get this. Um, in Hawaii, I think Hawaii is, I would live in Hawaii if I could. <laughs> Oh. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I hope you make those trips. I mean, I, I, Greece is like one of my dream. We actually watched Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants the other day. <laughs> love it. Love, love that movie. And it was like a huge inspiration. I am really, I have not tried harder to be on the outdoorsy side. Like the camp hole camping thing is not where my gifts lie. But maybe one day I'll get there. I mean, people always like, publicize it as like this beautiful thing this beautiful experience so one day maybe i'll go with you one day you can help me yes and you know you can glamp too you don't have to necessarily camp you can get in a little trailer you can sleep with air conditioning (laughs) for my boozy self (laughs) it's okay there's campers like that that's what most campers are doing anyway so it's fine (laughs) oh that's that's so awesome yeah hopefully i'll get on the train but i always see your pictures and like stuff again on instagram i'm like oh what a life that's cool though it's just not for me yet but that is cool it's and you know like it's honestly sometimes it's hard to just be like oh i'm gonna go on like a two mile hike today (laughs) and then you're like leaving you're like what did i do to myself but when you're up to the destination to where you get and you get to have your quiet time with the lord and you're alone and you get to like i said bask in his glory and his wonder and and just amazingness it's just like wow like you know you're you're just the whole world stops for Mm -hmm. a moment and I think it's just really cool. It's re- rejuvenating. Sometimes you just need it in right. the world. The world goes so fast, and you're dealing with so much, and so it's just a time, a good time to get away. And yeah, just be with the Lord. Yeah. Um, one thing I kind of wanted to ask you too, which I wasn't planning on asking, you, but now I just thought of it. Um, so I remember I Facebook messaged you, or I had put on Facebook myself about because I was like my skin was like drying out and all of this stuff, and I was like, does anyone know any? products you know to help that and um you were talking about how you recently well I don't know how recently it was it might have been a few years ago how kind of like changed your eating like you like um essentially google or followed this person on instagram and kind of done your research on foods that really just help skin and help kind of just your body function and different pains in your body go away and how you're really kind of uh advocate for the fact that we already have the foods we need um before we start putting products and kind of medicine and all that kind of stuff um that God's given us what I want to kind of talk about that a little bit like what kind of got you into that era um and kind of what results have you seen from that um well there's this guy on Instagram um he's a doctor his name 
on Instagram as Medical Medium, and he has three different books that explain illnesses that doctors can't explain, um, and then uh, different healing powers of fruits and vegetables and um, other foods, and then he has a thyroid book that helps people handle their thyroid issues, and so... Um, I kind of, I saw, I came across his Instagram and it, I was just like, no way. Like, what? Like he's saying bananas help depression, uh-huh. celery takes away acne. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, literally for stress, anxiety, for cancer, uh, for eczema. And he has all of these things. And so I'm just like, all right, well, I need to do a little bit of study into this. And so I studied it and I got his book and I read it and it is amazing the things that these fruits and vegetables are doing for people i mean um people with eczema who have been on steroids for five years i don't know if you know what steroids do to people but it completely destroys the person and and so these people are able to get off steroids and are completely able to heal their eczema with these fruits and vegetables Uh, of course it's not fun not everybody wants to eat fruits and vegetables and and i am in no way a vegan i i love my meat (laughs) not a vegan but i do believe that if we put in more fruits and vegetables in our diets we'll feel healthier we'll look healthier and ultimately have a better lifestyle um and it's true in studies of course for me, it's hard because pharmaceuticals, they want to make money. So here's a pill for that. Here's this for that. And so for me, I'm not big on medicine. I never have been big on medicine. Um, and I just think that if, if God has given us this, if God has placed it on the earth for us, why not use that instead of using a man-made substance? And so I know it's not for everyone and not everyone agrees, but I just think that God didn't put us on the earth and not and ill-equip us. You know, He yeah. equipped us with what we needed, and so um, I don't know. It's just been really cool, and so um, I've told actually a lot of friends to start drinking celery juice for their skin and it has helped so much. Like it is insane, and so it's like it's not just like these statistics it's facts like it's actually playing out in in people that i know's lives and it's mm-hmm. helping them and a lot, a lot of people don't want to listen you know but it's <laughs> <laughs> good because you know people don't like fruits and vegetables people really don't like vegetables <laughs> but and honestly i don't i'm not a big fan of vegetables either but the way that i incorporate it into my diet yeah. is smoothie drinks in the morning yeah which tastes so good because you can add fruit spinach and all yeah. of that and just and it tastes perfectly fine and so i don't know i kind of jumped on that bandwagon and got his books and <laughs> it's i it's kind of changed my life but i'm not completely against medicine or anything if people decide that that's the route they want to take then i completely agree with that i just think that it's just another awesome source to have and yeah straight from the ground or from trees so yeah and I think it's a kind of cool thing to try and just to kind of like see um if because I know someone that kind of changed their and it was because of a sickness but she changed her eating habits and it's not like she never like eats Chick-fil-A ever but you know (laughs) but she she put certain she did her research and put certain things um certain vegetables more prominently in her day-to-day um and it really changed um like 
some sort of like pains that she was having in her body, which I think it does make sense because half of these medicines weren't even there. Well, all of these medicines weren't there at the beginning of time and somehow they functioned. So, I mean, so, I mean, I think just, I don't know, all the, all, but all these vegetables and fruits were growing in the ground since the beginning of time. So it's kind of like, okay, I kind of see the logic behind that basically. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. It's just like, thanks God for, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) For thinking about us when you created plants. Oh, awesome. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every guest at the end of each episode, okay? Okay. So the first one is, if you could go to lunch or dinner with anybody, it could be dead or or alive, so like it could be a famous person, it could be like your neighbor, um, anyone, who would it be and why? Um, Mine would be C.S. Lewis. Okay. I just think that one I could have a great conversation with him and he just has so much knowledge he's my favorite author I've read so many of his books and he's just so wise it would be so fun to just pick his brain kind of get some advice from him and some wisdom and just ask him a few questions like um I have a lot of questions for his yeah so it'd be fun to just sit and just talk with him yeah maybe though just listen to him it yeah. would be fun to just sit and listen to him yeah that's a good one i feel like a lot of people would really yeah he has a lot of good books and even his um even his uh what's what are those books that are movies i can't even think of the name um uh left behind no those- no 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 um the one the, the, okay. with the lion what's the what's the- uh, Narnia. Narnia. <laughs> oh my god i forgot he wrote Narnia. <laughs> Yes, those yes. ones. Oh, yeah, those are yeah. so great. Yeah, so, like, even those, like, even his, like, more, like, um, intense books, but then even, like, the mystical ones, I would love to, but, yeah, th- he's good. Um, yeah. Okay, so my second question, I'm big on encouragement, and so, and I love it, and everyone should do it. So, um, I want you to pick someone that you would want to encourage, and you are going, so you say their name, and then you're going to encourage them as, as if they're the ones sitting in front of you right now. So, like, say what you would say to them. Um, I would encourage Gabriella Archka. <laughs> and who is that? She is my baby sister. Okay. She is a freshman in high school. Okay. Um, I would just encourage her. She has one of the greatest in... Um, most pure hearts mm-hmm. and has such a strong personality and just loves people so hard. And I would just encourage her to just stay um, hard in her word and stay hard on loving people and focus, stay focused. And um, just, and I tell her this all the time, just don't worry about what's going on in high school right now. Keep your eyes on the prize and focus. If I could have changed anything, I would have kept my eyes on the prize and stayed focused because what goes on now in high school is not the, <laughs> is not yeah. the most important thing. And, and just encouraging her in that. And I know it feels like that. And I'm here for you during those emotions and stuff. But just know that Christ has called you to so much more. And, and you can be so much more. And she has the potential. And and just letting her know, like, she's awesome. I love yeah. her. And she's great. And she's going to do big things. Just stay focused. Stay love focused, her. girl. <laughs> 
Thank you so much, Christiana. Um, this has been awesome. So I, I have enjoyed it so much. And I know everyone listening is going to enjoy you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I've had so much fun. And it's so good to see you.